So Captain Phillips does what he always does. He has his trusty binoculars and he has his trusty compass, both of which were handed down from him for the generation upon generation of sailors. You see, one day, one fateful and interesting day, all of a sudden the storm blew up. There's wind, there's rain, his boat's going back and forward. It's made of wood, so we're talking made in the 16th, 17th century. And all of a sudden he's lost and he doesn't know what to do. So what does he do? He does what we all do. And he reaches for one tool that he has. The one tool that he has. And he gets out his binoculars, right? What he does, he looks around. He looks around everywhere, right? That's what we all do, isn't it? We all pick up the first, the only tool we have. And guess what? It doesn't work, does it? So he throws it away, puts it down. But luckily, Captain Phillips has got a second tool, his trusty golden compass. Now, his trusty golden compass has never failed him. Well, how can it fail you? It always tells you what direction it is. Apart from this time, guess what happened? Gets his trusty compass out and guess what? It's moving around. It's moving around and it's of no help. So what does he do? Shuts it off. What's the next step? What do we all do at this stage? We turn to prayer and hope because there's no other solution. Is that true? Is that true? You got two tools, right? Something goes wrong in your life. First one doesn't work. Most people, if they do have a tool, don't have two. First one fails, then they go on to their second one. Second tool fails, where are you left? So what do you do? What did Captain Phillips do that fateful day? Unfortunately, in that moment, your options are limited. However, there's something that you could have done in advance that could have prevented this from happening. Anyone know what it is? What could you do? The answer is you could have discovered more tools before you set sail. Most of us in life have only got a few coping strategies, haven't we, if we, if we admit it. Something goes wrong, we, we ring our mum, <laughs> we ring our brother, we ring a friend. We might write about it, we might speak about it. What do we do then when that tool doesn't work? We're in trouble, aren't we? This is where learning, developing, getting out of your comfort zone can really, really help you because you have to develop different tools to cope. So if you are someone that's fairly confident or you're someone that's not, confidence just means that you have faith in what you're about to do. It's confidence with faith. So a lot of people think that they're these people that are just confident in everything they do. It's not true. You can have confidence in yourself and you can have confidence in your ability to do the act. But the act itself, you can't be confident in it if you've not done it before. So it's like if I'm going to try and swing a baseball bat to hit something, I can pick it up with confidence and I can try and hit it with confidence. 
whether I hit it is, is a different matter, isn't it? That's confidence in hitting the ball, but I can approach it with confidence. Big difference there. Not a lot of people recognize that confidence isn't just this global thing. It's confidence in your ability to act, not necessarily about the act itself. Within self-development, within, within reading, really, there are thousands and thousands of self-development books. There's hundreds of thousands of fiction books. So how do you know what to read? How do you know what can point you in the right direction? Because often you can read stuff that's just completely irrelevant to you. And that's really part and parcel of, of the journey you're in. Because when you read, a lot of what you read is not relevant to you today. Absolutely not relevant to you today. So here's what I've done, or here's what I do to sort of combat that. I tend to learn two ways. I, I find people that are really good at stuff. I listen and I learn. And I find people that are really bad at stuff. And honestly, when you're talking to people, especially on, on a night out or that you introduce to someone and they're really bad, bad, really bad communicators, notice what they're doing and be like, okay, what's he doing or what's she doing that's putting me off? Because I need to make sure I never do this again. So you can learn two ways. And it's the same within with writing. So like when I first started reading, however many years ago, started writing at the same time and I would pick up things from writers that I really liked. And then I'd pick up things that I really disliked. So for me, overly flowery language is so boring and mundane to read. Whereas using metaphors and analogies and to the point descriptions is something that I find really exciting. It's what I use when I do my public speaking. It's what I use when I do my metaphors and stories. Flowery language switches me off. So it took me many books to realise the difference between what I liked and what I didn't like. So I learned via reading stuff I didn't like. Did that help me in my day-to-day -day life? Was it painful reading them? Yes, it was. Did I learn something? Absolutely. I don't think you can not learn by reading because when you read something, there's a distinction between reading and listening to an audiobook. Listening to an audiobook, you sort of don't have to pay attention. Reading, you, you really do. When you're reading, you can't help but take in what's going on. And when you do that, you can either learn something good or you can distinguish something that's, that's bad. I wanted to talk about the um, archetypal images of these two because they're actually fascinating, not just because of the objects, but because of what they can help you do. I mean, what do binoculars do, really? What, what, what are they at all for? They enabled you to see further ahead, aren't they? So in storytelling and in books, they're used as a way to see further ahead, see further down the line. See, most of us in our life are looking sort of here in our life, aren't we? We're looking at what's right in front of us. Whereas binoculars allow you to sort of look up a bit more, a bit more, and see following through to the horizon. So you can actually use binoculars as a tool, a metaphorical tool to think or see what's lying ahead. So if you're overeating, rather than just thinking about eating what's in front of you, you can zoom right forward and you can see where that's gonna play out, right? Any actions in your life. It's why planting the seeds of some form of success by reading and by creating is, is gonna help you. If you don't create something, then what evidence is there that you lived today without creation, without writing about something? There's no memory of it, is there? Everything becomes in, entwined into one long story. Use these.
look ahead to the distance. I'm going to talk about the metaphorical golden compass. What does this do? This allows you to know the way when you're lost. How do you know the way when you're lost? How, how do you do that? Say you have an argument with your family or friendship group. Say something happened at work. How do you, how do you know which way's north, which way's south, how to act? You don't, do you, unless you calibrate your compass. How do you calibrate your compass? Anyone know? If you've got a different perspective on this, you can leave it in the comment section below because I'd be, be keen to hear. You calibrate it by your morals. That's why it's called a moral compass. So unless you've worked on your moral, what your morals are, what your principles are in life, how do you know which direction to go? And you need to calibrate this every so often because things in your life change. For example, say you've had a family feud and one of your morals is that you don't have conflict with family then you stay away with it you brush it under the carpet and you move on but say standing up for yourself is your moral compass you can see the difference all of a sudden you're going to act in a different manner so you need a golden compass you need to calibrate it yourself and this is the problem in the captain phillips story that i was telling you his compass was handed down to him and that's a big problem most of us get our moral compass, compass from family, friends, education, growing up. We have never really taken the time to think about our morals, have we? Come on, have we? Have you really taken the time to think about your morals? Have you? I don't think you have. I don't think I have enough. I do take my time. I have daily values that I've written and thought about that take time to do. But this is my compass right I calibrate this myself so my decisions are my own and here's a few things that can go wrong so if, the, if your compass and, and morals are sort of handed down to you which is essentially what we're talking about here reading philosophy first of all can help you because philosophical philosophy philosophy <laughs> is how we think so if you study philosophy it allows you to understand how you think and what you can do to change it Here's a few things that go wrong with your moral compass though. What happens if you meet someone else whose compass is stronger than yours? It's gonna start pulling you in different directions, isn't it? It's gonna start moving you away until before you know it, you're completely out of shot of your life. And then you come back one day, maybe 20 years later, and realize that you moved far away from your center. Central piece of the compass is interesting, isn't it? That's you right there, right in your center. And here's what happens as you move away. It's similar to an image of a mandala. So how, how do you work on your, your moral compass? Well, I told you, studying philosophy is certainly, certainly one. Looking at how you handled situations that went badly and thinking, what can I do to make them work better next time? It's a big one. As you get older, these things become more important. When you're a kid, when you're in your 20s, they're less important. As you begin to enter your mature levels in your life, your moral compass becomes more important because you realize it's actually how you make pretty well all the, all of the decisions in your life. So I think certainly using that tool, using your binoculars to look, look ahead to your future, these are two solid tools that, that can really help you. 
I hope you enjoyed the story at the beginning. I hope it gives you context to really understand the point that I'm making here, which is that you need stories, you need metaphors, you need tools, you need objects so that you can remember what it is that I'm trying to educate you about. If you have questions about goal setting or want some recommendations for philosophy titles, give me a shout in the comment section and I will be delighted to help you.